Welcome to another episode of Chan with the Plan, the podcast, a podcast providing career advice and easy, actionable steps for frustrated professionals, helping you overcome career challenges so you can stop feeling confused and defeated and start feeling focused and confident in order to excel in your career. And I'm your host, Max Chan. Last week, we discussed about conducting informational interviews to help you move forward in your career. Although networking and conducting informational interviews is good in theory, if you are nervous when it comes to reaching out and talking to new people, then you're going to have trouble utilizing networking effectively to build the career that you want. To help you overcome the fear of networking and having conversations with new people, I have invited an expert that will provide advice and strategies in this episode to help you become more confident and connect with anybody, anywhere. Her name is Carrie Phipps, and she is an inspiring and energetic communicator whose passion is connecting and empowering difference makers and leaders. She is an international speaker, author, and coach, and has been training leaders and executives since 2004. From a publications perspective, she has published four of her own books and co-authored another 10. Now let's get into my discussion with Carrie on how to effectively build relationships to further your career. Hey, Carrie. Welcome to the show. Thank you. It's good to be here, Max. How's your day from uh, the down under? Fantastic. I'm currently in Queensland on the Gold Coast, and uh, it's just beautiful. Exciting to be able to travel a little, and um, it's a beautiful part of the world to be in. So Queensland's in uh, Australia, right? Yes. It's about 10 hours north of where I live in New South Wales. I live uh, west of Sydney, northwest of Sydney in a place called Dubbo, which is a beautiful regional centre. And um, actually, it's been quite lovely to spend a lot of time there in the last couple of years because <laughs> our drought broke, which is the biggest deal. You know, it's, it's been challenging to, you know, be at home and isolating for a lot of people. But because the rain came just before COVID did, that was so refreshing. I think it took the edge off. So, yeah, it's just a beautiful place to be. So if someone wants to uh, go on vacation once like COVID is done and there's less travel restrictions, what would you recommend them uh, do and visit when they're in Queensland? Um, well, I thought you were going to say Australia, but Queensland definitely um, anywhere along the coast is absolutely stunning. But I would recommend also coming down to Dubbo, which is just a short flight from Sydney, just a one hour flight. And we have a world famous zoo there. It's an open range zoo. And so you can walk the five and a half k's around. You can make it 10 k's if you walk into all the little tracks and check out all the animals. But it's so open that you don't see the fences. The, the animals are just over a little ridge and you stand on the ridge and look out at the animals. And it's just amazing. So we go out there quite often, but people come from all over the world to go to Taronga Western Plains Zoo. If I was a tourist there, are people, are the locals generally friendly and like approachable or? Yeah, that's, that's in all the feedback on the, you know, the travel sites. People really love the encounters at the cafes. And I tell you what, there's just world-class food and coffee, specialty coffee, which my husband is particularly passionate about. But I do appreciate a good single origin coffee, especially served by a barista who is excited about his job. I, I always find so much inspiration in cafes because. You know, I speak a lot about customer service and connecting with people and the way people connect over coffee or food is really quite delightful to behold and the way that people serve it with love. And, you know, my husband always says that you can taste the love in the coffee. So I'm not sure what your thoughts are on coffee, Max, but um, I do think that there is a good element of truth in that. 
Yeah, coffee chat is a big thing when it comes to networking. Like people meet up yeah. for coffee to like chat about careers and stuff. Yeah. Which is a great segue to uh, the actual conversation uh, that we're going to have today in terms of like how to like connect with like anybody and having good conversations with strangers. Uh, yeah. So I'm a career coach and my content, whether it's podcast or LinkedIn or what have you, is about like helping people improve their career, uh, whether it's helping them land new job opportunities or just grow in their career in general. And one of the big things in terms of building your career is building your network because as the saying goes, it's not, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And the other is um, your network is your net worth. But a lot of people are still, they feel timid at reaching out to like random people, right? Like for example, um, the general consensus is in, in order to land a job or get a job you want, so to speak, you would just go on Indeed or LinkedIn and apply online. But the other way is through networking with people at the company to get you a referral in. But uh, some professionals, they feel uh, timid uh, to randomly reach out to people. And I know you specialize in helping uh, people become more confident in terms of interacting with strangers. So how so, who's someone who's more like shy and a bit timid in terms of like, reaching out to random people, what would you say in terms of like starting out to be more proactive in uh, communicating and reaching out and building a network? Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, so much there that I want to respond to already and a book recommendation, but we might come back to that. So let's just start with LinkedIn for a moment. I get so many requests on LinkedIn, as I'm sure you would, and they range from, you know, someone who's a coach who coaches coaches and they send you a message and you think, okay, I can see where this is going. They just want to, you know, pitch to me. And how many amazing coaches do you already have in your world? <laughs> you've got coaches that you know, that you've trained with, that you've worked with in, in different ways. And then there's the people who they might send a personal note and just say, you know, oh, I'm looking forward to learning from you. And how do you respond when somebody just says, you know, I'm, I'm glad to discover your page. I look forward to learning from you. Of course, you're open and you just think, sure, what can I do to help? If they interact on your page, if you do a post and then they comment and say, that's really useful, thank you, then they're starting to be noticed. And so I really want to encourage people to think about how you are connecting. And you know, if we just play with LinkedIn for a moment, then we can talk real life situations. But so many people have made powerful connections on LinkedIn and other social media in the past two years. But we really need to be purposeful about how we connect. And you know, it's totally okay to want to learn from people, to you know, to tap into their network. But if you're just going in all about you, like, please notice me, I'm really good at what I do and I need a job, that kind of neediness people can pull back from. <laughs> They're just like, oh no. But if you contribute and you just share honestly, you know, that you're looking forward to learning more, that you would like to expand your network and um, there's not that needy edge to it. Do you know what I'm saying? It's being open to connect. People respond to that and they just go, Sure. Oh, I see that you're interested in this. So I see that you've got this background. You might like to follow this person on LinkedIn. And if you're connecting, especially busy people who have a really big network, comment on their posts because you're boosting their posts, you're contributing to their conversation rather than just taking up their time privately by sending personal messages. How would someone, let's, let's say there's a, some, there's a person that works at this company I want to get into and I want to reach out to them to learn more about them. How would I reach out authentically? Yeah, I think. We're in such a rush, so we need to sort of pause, let go of that rush energy <laughs> and, you know, have a look at who's in that network and, you know, LinkedIn or the other platforms are such a gift because you can see what people are talking about. 
and then they can see you. Like people are really busy on LinkedIn, but let's say you commented on one of my posts and I think, oh, who's, who's Max? Oh, I see that he's doing this. If I have time, I might start thinking, my brain automatically starts making connections. Oh, you might be interested in knowing this person or this person. So we don't know what's going on for the other person on the other side of their computer, or even if you're meeting them face-to-face. You don't know what's going on in their head. They've got a lot of demands, <laughs> a lot of things that they're thinking about. It's being you know, respectful and curious and interested and not attached to an immediate outcome because that puts you into sort of an anxious state and just think about how you feel when somebody around you is in an anxious state. You just kind of want to back off. You want to have a bit of space from that. So the key thing is to manage your own headspace, manage the conversation in your head before you're thinking about the conversation you're having with other people. That is such an important point because we can just rush into conversations without that awareness of what's going on for us or what impact we're having on other people. So it really starts with self-awareness. Yeah, I think like, People don't like networking because they're they want an outcome, so they feel uncomfortable because it looks like they're taking something from them, right? And they feel uncomfortable taking. But if you just go in, just having a conversation with like no expectations, you you tend to enjoy it more at that point, right? So you think that people are too outcome oriented, which makes them not want to like makes them not enjoy the conversation. Yeah, yeah. And back to the the cafe conversation that we had earlier, um, we love seeing people enjoying what they're doing. And so if you are going into a networking situation and you are choosing to just you know go in open and it's an adventure and you're going to meet people and you're curious so you are enjoying yourself then people are drawn to that if there are people in the room who are thinking you know we need staff and that is a that is the situation around the world right now there are leaders looking for good staff you know are they going to be drawn to the anxious one who is like i need to get a job i need to get a job or will they be drawn to the person who looks like they're just enjoying themselves and contributing because they would see them as like they could be a good part of my team so we really need to manage our own anxiety before anything else so as as you've seen my book do talk to strangers the asking model in the book starts with awareness it's self-awareness and awareness of others so also if you if you realize yeah I'm a pretty timid person then think about others in the room like maybe there are other people who are kind of timid we make these comparisons that's not useful. We walk into a room and we just think, oh, everybody here, I think they know each other. They've probably all been here before. And so we start making these assumptions. It's not useful. So notice your own assumptions and have a service focus. Like how can I serve here? How can I contribute? How can I help other people have a great night too? So maybe there are people that are just standing a little bit off to the edge. Maybe you can engage them in conversation. Ask them, you know, what are they looking forward to tonight? Is there anyone in particular that they're wanting to meet? Because when they start sharing, and people love sharing about their own stuff. (laughs) So when they start sharing, you might say, oh, I know this person and I can connect you. Being a connector is such a great service to others, but it's such a joy also. And people start connecting you with people that, you know, are important in their world. It's so important to just not be attached to the outcome you know to be present to be with people and focused on others because whenever you're focused on yourself you're nervous (laughs) you've got this conversation in your head like do I look okay do I sound okay oh I should have worn the other suit everyone's more dressed than me everyone's like not as well dressed as me all those comparisons just get in the way of you know clear thinking and decision making and they get in the way of clear communicating and being present with people I think a lot of people uh, get into 
into their head too much and then they start like freaking out and stuff right it's kind of like you're gonna present in a class or a business presentation if you're too in your head you're start getting nervous and it just doesn't go over right so like, what's your advice in like how to get out of your own head and just uh be in the moment instead of like over analyzing every single thing uh, as you're presenting yeah this is perfect i've been doing mental fitness coaching for the last couple of years and it's been amazing to see what happens when you just shift your focus to your body so you might just Start paying attention to your breathing and slowing down your breathing. One of my clients, she really liked an exercise that we did, like just shifting her attention to her toes and just wiggling her toes because it just, she was feeling really angry. She was feeling anger rise when she had an encounter with somebody in a customer service role. But she just took a moment and just dropped down that focus to her toes. And then she was able to respond with more empathy and grace. So there's, that's like micro internal things that you can do. Just shift that focus and realize, oh, I'm thinking you know, whatever that anxious thought is, let that go and just, you know, you can breathe it out or you can see yourself just flicking it off your shoulders. If you, if you can feel it somewhere in your body, maybe just kind of grab it and push it aside, flick it aside. <laughs> just go, I'll let that go. I'll have a conversation with myself later if I need to, but just letting it go. The other thing is that I've recommended for years is a post-it note. And you don't even have to have a post-it note. Just imagine you have a post-it note and just writing down, what is that feeling that I'm carrying right now? So, and I've used this sometimes stepping into like an online meeting and I might've opened an email and regretted it (laughs) because, you know, sometimes you get an email that makes your heart sink. And then I think, oh my gosh, I'm just about to be introduced to this audience. And uh, so I'll just grab a bit of paper and just write down like anxious, frustrated, like shocked. And then I can just screw that paper up and drop it on the floor. I'm just like letting it go. Because if you don't allow yourself to see what is your what's the conversation in your head there's anxiety that's spiked if we try and ignore it it's like it's tapping on the you know the front part of our brain and it's just going oi <laughs> knock knock like notice this notice this something is wrong here so we can just go oh anxiety i see you you need to sit in the corner because you don't need to be part of this conversation i'm choosing to walk in with calm and encouragement inspiration whatever it is that you're choosing to walk in with it's so much more powerful than walking in with a facade. You know, I've got to look professional because when you choose something that is something that you're not feeling, then you, you're kind of lying to yourself. You know, if, you, if you're trying to tell yourself, like, I'm the most professional person here or I'm the most educated, then you're trying to, like, prove that to everybody. Whereas if you just choose a focus that you can be honest about, like, I'm curious, I'm open, I'm looking for opportunities to listen to people. I'm looking for opportunities to encourage. I'm just going to go in and be myself. Then we can relax with that because our brain says, oh, yeah, I can do that. Okay, I can let the anxiety go and I can choose this focus. So it might be as simple as, you know, getting a post-it note and just writing down, you know, anxious, worried, whatever it is. Just be honest with yourself and then go, I'm choosing and then choose your focus, whatever feels right and relevant for you. And just going back to the uh, the LinkedIn example, let's say you did reach out to someone, you have a, a few um, exchanges on DMs, and then you're able to get them on a phone call, or even better, you're able to like meet in person at their office or coffee shop to learn more about them. How would you prepare so you know what to ask, but you're also not nervous when you when you meet them? Yeah, actually, I think possibly before we we might connect with someone in an organization, and we think, oh my gosh they're in that organization that I want to be in. Maybe have a look at who else is in their network and be connecting with a few people. Like, again, don't rush in because 
they they might start seeing, oh, you've got these other connections in our company also. And a question might be, who would the be- who would be the best person in your organization to talk to about you know opportunities that are coming up? Because they might say, you know, Max, I love that you're keen, um, but I just don't have any time right now. And so that could actually make them switch off because we're not attached to the outcome when we're like just messaging people when we've got hundreds of messages that we're going through. But if we can pass that to somebody who we know is more relevant to that organization or to that conversation, then we might just have that idea and go, oh, you know what, you've got to connect with this person. And so then you might find that you're being recommended to somebody in their team, which is a much stronger place to walk in with. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it's like, don't rush. Have a look at what are people doing? What are their roles? What are they talking about on LinkedIn? And, and also, this brings me back to like your profile. Talk about what you're interested in. Share posts of interest. Share comments so that when people accept your invitation, well, they're more likely to accept your invitation if they can see your activity. It's amazing how many people send a friend request and they have no activity in the last 90 days. So you can see, okay, they're doing it all behind the scenes. So I don't know anything about this person who is messaging me, you know, sending a request out of the blue. I don't know anything, so I'm going to be more suspicious. And, I mean, I'm quite open to connect with people, but then I find myself, you know, feeling a little cynical, feeling a little bit suspicious of people who are only messaging me privately. And I know it does take a bit of confidence to comment on things publicly, but even to start, I always talk about starting small, just start with liking someone's post or celebrating someone's post. And, you know, in time, you'll get more comfortable in the space to say something like, thank you for sharing. I found this really insightful. And then maybe later you'll say, I found this really insightful because, and then you'll share, you know, a point of interest or something that, that you've learned, or you might recommend another article. So people see that you're a contributor to the community and they're far more likely to say yes to meeting up with you. Okay. And when you do meet with them, how do you make sure you're not nervous and like how to make sure that it's an engaging conversation? Well, always start with gratitude. Like if you can say, thank you so much for meeting with me. Like I'm really, I'm really keen to learn more about what you do or you know, just share again what it is that you're looking for. And when we're honest with people <laughs> and that you're honest with ourselves, it really is the first step. But when we're honest, people, have, they feel free to be honest with you. And it might be like, I don't know if I'm the best person for you to be meeting with but I could recommend you to some other people. So then you might, if you think, oh, they're not, they're not the right person, but you can still ask them something about their job, their career journey that you could learn from them, which is also building relationship. If you can have people share their story with you, again, people love sharing their perspectives, their story. And so, you know, just asking interested questions builds the relationship. And we need to remember that, you know, relationships are not just built instantly. I mean, sometimes we have a great connection. You know, you and I just, you know, got on this call. This is the first time that we've talked to each other apart from a few messages back and forth on, on Messenger. But yeah, sometimes you just have a great connection with somebody and that's awesome, but we can't try and force it. But we might, you know, if it's a little uncomfortable, we might say, is there anybody else in your team that you think I could learn from? And again, going with a, a humble perspective of wanting to learn, wanting to contribute is far more, it's refreshing. It's, it's far more powerful than someone coming in and saying, I've got all of these qualifications and I should be part of your team. So speaking of like forcing, it, it goes back to like, 
I've done networking uh, before when I was job searching a few years ago and like there's some conversations that went really well. We hit it off like right away and there's some like it looks like we're just going through the motions. With that being said, it goes back to the outcome. You're, like not everybody's going to like you. You're not going to vibe with everybody. So so what's your uh, advice in terms of like don't don't take it too personal if they don't like you. Maybe you just don't get along because there's just different mindset. Yeah, yeah. So I mean there's a few things. You might just say thanks for your time, like you might want to exit, <laughs> just get out of the conversation. And they might too, if it's if it's kind of awkward, or you're just not, you know, vibing, as you said, you might just go, thanks for chatting, I'll let you go connect with, you know, anyone else you want to, and, you know, off you go. So breaking up a conversation is so much easier if you do it with gratitude, you know, just thanking them, you know, for the last few minutes, or thanks for pausing to chat, you know, and let, I'll let you go, you know, or offering them a drink or something you know you might go you know oh I'm just going to grab a drink do you want one by then by the time you come back with a drink they might be talking to somebody hand them a drink off you go (laughs) so being of service just really helps but there are moments where maybe it's awkward maybe you're just like oh we're just kind of doing this networking thing feel free to just shift the conversation ask a better question and I remember about a young man that I met at an event and because I saw the logo on his shirt I knew where he worked and it was IT and so I started to ask him, like, what department was he in in that company? You know, he kind of had a neutral face. And I, as soon as the question was out of my mouth, I just went, you know, you don't have to tell me what you do. What do you love to do? And he just lit up and he just went, oh, I love connecting with people, which is not probably what I would have assumed of an IT person. You know, I could have made all kinds of assumptions about he just sits at the back and he does all these, like, he might have talked about technology that might have gone over my head. But I just said to him, can I ask a better question? <laughs> what do you love to do? And I have found that really useful because I think we can pretend we we can kind of try and keep up this act we've asked a question and it's a bit of a dud and so we just try and stay afloat with it it's totally okay to just go you know what you don't have to answer that (laughs) I'd love to hear about what you're looking forward to questions like what are you looking forward to Uh, what do you like about or what do you recommend they're questions that are easy for people to answer and they're a forward focus you know they they shift the brain to a positive focus so even if you're just asking about like what are their favorite cafes in the area that's usually going to get a good response and the conversation can just flow from there but if we try and organize the conversation and be thinking okay you know he mentioned that street and I need to like throw in this this little random item of information I'm hanging on to this information so I'm not being present and not hearing what he's saying Again, being honest helps you to be present. It helps you to stay in the moment in the conversation and to not be attached to the outcome. You can flow with the conversation and, yeah, be okay. I have a hashtag, be okay with awkward. And you can say, you know, like, sorry, that was a bit awkward. Can I ask you a better question? But we are so afraid of awkwardness. We hate feeling like that. (laughs) But if we try and pretend that we're not feeling awkward, it just makes it worse, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, I, I agree. No one likes the awkwardness or like long silences. So they want to like fill in the space, right? But like you said, it, acknowledging it, it's awkward is actually better than not acknowledging it at all and just like trying to change the subject or whatever, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> excuse me, this might be awkward, but can I just ask you about this? Or where did you find that? Or whatever. When you say, you know, I feel a little awkward, the immediate response of the other person is to rescue you from that because they don't want you feeling awkward because they will immediately feel awkward. So can you imagine if I just said to you, Max, I feel a bit awkward about you know, this technology. You're going to want to put me at ease. It's just a natural thing. You'll be like, oh, no, it's okay. I can help you with that. Ah, oh, thank you. 
but if I'm trying to just pretend that I'm across everything, you know, we don't have to know everything. I think by now we kind of know that. There is just way too much information in the world to know. So we don't have to pretend anymore. That's how I feel anyway. So the one thing you mentioned was when it comes to like professional networking, it doesn't always have to be professional in terms of like asking them like what they like about their job or what they do, right? You can ask about personal stuff, which is what you said with the IT person, right? So it's not all about professional. You could like, in a way you could connect them, connect with them faster if you actually talk about what they like personally. Yeah, and who have they met lately or... You know, what What do they do on the weekends? Or do they have dogs in their office? Uh, you know, what are their thoughts on that? You know, you're, <laughs> once there's a dog lover in the room, there's an immediate connection. Uh, you know, I'm not a huge dog person, so maybe I'm going to lose half of your listeners now. But, I mean, I, I love dogs. Like, I grew up with dogs on the farm and, you know, I was always on the motorbike with them and everything, but I, I didn't grow up with dogs in the house because of that, our working dog. But, you know, I've learned to appreciate people's dogs, even if they're kind of slobbering on me, because it's the key to their heart. If you love someone's dog or, you know, you acknowledge their dog or their child or, you know, their environment, if they've created a beautiful environment, you acknowledge what matters to people and, uh, and there's such a connection. But, you know, they might start telling you about dog parks and you might think, oh, I don't need to know about the dog parks, but, oh, my gosh, my neighbour would love to know about this. You know, seeing yourself as a connector, uh, you can become a conduit for all kinds of amazing possibilities and people don't forget that. They really appreciate it. So going back to my example of like you networking with a professional at a company that you want to work at, let's say you do vibe with each other well. The the common thing that I've seen and I've experienced myself is that you have one networking conversation then you never hear from them again. So how, how do you like maintain the relationship without making it awkward that you're, as in like, you don't have to follow up every week type of thing, right? Like how, how do you like build a strong enough rapport that you can reach out anytime after and it be, it feel natural? Yeah, I, I think it's important to, to remember again that you're having a conversation in your head you're making assumptions that are quite possibly far from the truth you don't know that somebody's not connecting with you or not responding to you because they've got a family member in hospital something's come up and they are so far behind on their emails and I have a friend who has an intense number of emails and social media messages and and she says just message me again don't get offended that I haven't responded you know just message again you know, maybe it's a week later, maybe it's a month. It depends on, you know, a whole lot of stuff that everyone's got going on. But just to say, hey, just checking in, you know, if you have five minutes, if you've got something specific to talk to people about, then let them know that it's specific. Like, you know, if it's possible to have a conversation in the next week or two, I'd really love to ask you about and just tell them what it's about. And they might go, oh, don't have time for a phone call, but hey, let me just introduce you to this person that can help you. So it's just being open to possibilities and and not beating yourself up when there's somebody not responding to you because we make up all kinds of stories. Oh, they're probably, yeah, maybe we didn't get on as well as I thought we did. Maybe they, you know, judge me. Maybe they found out something about me. Maybe they talked to an old boss. <laughs> just let go of all of that and go, hey, just wanted to reach out again. Really appreciated your time, on, you know, last week. Yeah, we'd love to connect again. I think you need to say, what the purpose is because people are so busy and if it's just chit chat and just like oh, just hoping to like get into their world a bit more and get invited to their barbecues it's yeah that you can feel that subtle agenda but if it's just saying you know hey I'd love to you know keep in touch from time to time if you have any opportunities coming up in your organization I'd love to hear about it and maybe who else should I be following to to see those things come up because people want to help you but they don't want to help you if they're feeling this, you know, unspoken expectation. 
if they're feeling like I'm not sure exactly what you're asking or what you're expecting of me. Our brain just goes, oh, it's too hard. And then, of course, they're not going to respond to those emails. <laughs> and they've got all these other emails to respond to. Yeah, sometimes like, once you have a good rapport with someone in the first conversation, like the next time you just ask them straight up about like for help, right? You don't have to like beat around the bush because the initial conversation was a networking conversation to grow your career. So it's okay to like reach out and say, hey, I saw this opportunity. Do you know who's hiring? Whatever, right? Yeah, absolutely. People want a direct, honest approach. But also, if you're expressing gratitude, if you're offering to help in any ways that you can, then yeah, of course, they're going to be open, unless they've got a whole lot of other stuff going on in their world that's not about you. So you can't take it personally if people are not getting back to you. And that's where we start to lose confidence because we, we make up this story. And it, it's really not about us at all. It's about you know, the other person and what they've got going on too. So yeah, just, just be honest and touch base and ask your question. But also give them an out by saying, you know, is there anyone else or is there anything else that you would recommend? And they can send back a quick reply rather than feel responsible. You know, sometimes people can make you feel responsible for their next career move and it's it's not your responsibility. Um, So be aware of what kind of expectations you're sharing with the other person. It's called the exit clause where you would say, let me know if you're interested either way. I'm okay with either, right? Yeah, not saying like, let me let me know you want to move forward. You'll say, let me know. Regardless if you're interested or not, let me know either way. Because then it gives them exit as like, yeah, not waiting for a yes, right? So it doesn't make them feel cornered. Yes. Yeah. And you know, our brain very much does, you know, an either or, um, you know, right or wrong, left or right. So if we can add something else, like let me know, you know, either way, or if there's something else that you think of, some other recommendation you have or somebody that you would recommend me to connect with. Because yeah, sometimes they don't want to say no to you. They like you, but they they can't see how they're going to say yes right now. They're not sure and it just starts to feel hard. So, you know, you tend towards the no, but they don't want to say no because they have this great rapport with you. But if you go, is there anything else or anyone else I should be connecting with? Then they're like, oh, yes. <laughs> Again, you know, they want to connect, they want to help. And uh, you've just made it easy for them by kind of giving them three options, yes, no, or what about this? Other possibilities. Exactly. And going back to like, sometimes the rejection is not about you. Because like, as a career coach, I have to like do my sales pitch for cl- uh, potential clients and stuff, right? And sometimes if I don't get a client, I think it's on me, but it might be, maybe it had nothing to do with me. It might be their lack of confidence to like make it happen on their own with my help, right? They don't believe in themselves enough, right? So again, it might not be me at all. Uh, it's just be like, they don't believe in themselves that it's going to work for them, uh, even if you give them the effort. Absolutely. And you know, I've just been, uh, I had the privilege of eavesdropping on a conversation where somebody was interviewing a candidate as a, it was like a mock interview because they'd been through these interviews in this industry and it's really tough to get in. And so, so he and, and some friends also in the same industry interviewed this young candidate and then gave him feedback. And I came back in for the, you know, the feedback conversation and it was like, this was fantastic. Your knowledge of the industry, your knowledge of the, of the offices and different things that are happening. That was fantastic. When we asked you about this and this, you know, you, you used lots of fillers. You said, you know, oh, and this and this, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's not helpful. That kind of shows this lack of confidence. And anyway, a week later, I was told that that candidate was highly recommended from that for the role they were going for when they did the real interview because they'd had this practice one. So 
that's such a great such a great opportunity to ask people and maybe it's people that you already know or maybe it's some of these people that you connect with in networking you know to ask them what kind of questions would I be asked in an interview if you had time or if any of your colleagues had time to do a mock interview with me that would be amazing I would just love to get a feel for how it how it works in your organization all right and I want to shift gears a bit so we thought about like reaching out on LinkedIn and generating a conversation whether it's on the phone or like in person how about the other side? Like as events are opening up now, uh, there will be more like in-person networking events. And usually people don't want to go to networking events or like conferences by themselves with a networking opponent because they might feel awkward because they don't know anybody. So what's your advice to someone that wants to get out of their comfort zone, like go to an event by themselves because they're like interested or they go with a friend, right? But then they end up just like attaching to each other. They don't go meet anybody else. It's like that group of people that they, they go together, but they don't expand their network because that's the point of networking. They just, they feel comfortable hanging out with each other. So how do you network effectively at a networking event? So you're building those connections because that's the main purpose of like attending these conferences is the networking point to meet like other like-minded people. I, I think I've gone to a lot on my own and that's where it's useful to look out for other people who might be on their own and ask them, you know, can you get them a drink? Who are they looking forward to meeting? Or, you know, how often do they come to these or whatever? If you go with somebody, just have a conversation before you go, have an agreement, like, you know, let's try and meet, you know, at least three, like have three meaningful conversations. I know a lot of people will say, you know, go and like get 10 business cards or 20 business cards. Well, people can feel that you're in a race around the room and that's just not, comfortable to be a part of you're like why am I giving you my card you're just going to chuck it out and that cost me a dollar (laughs) but you also can endorse each other across the room you know if you decide to go and meet new people and you know maybe catch up at the end of the night to debrief but I might be talking to you Max and then I'll say you know oh have you met you know Sansa and point out my friend on the other side of the room Uh, so you might introduce and then go and meet somebody else this has worked so well for so many people to you know, be each other's biggest fans. And if I'm talking to somebody and then I say, oh, do you know Max? Have you met Max? He's a career coach and he's just been helping people in the exact same situation that you're talking about. Can I introduce you to him? Or, um, you know, make sure you meet him before the end of the night. And if you're doing the same for me, then half of the room is like, wow, those people are awesome. (laughs) They don't even need to know if you've come together or not, but don't be deceptive about it because whenever you're being deceptive, even in a little way, People just pick up on something being a little bit out of alignment. But that's a great way to support each other. All right. So let's say a common thing uh, is, let's say there's this guy or girl you want to meet. They're talking to like a few people and you're waiting for your turn, but they take forever. Like, should you like butt in or should you just like, just be in their, in their area and then wait to get eye contact to talk to them? So how would someone approach that situation? Yeah, every situation is different. And sometimes I think, yeah, you can kind of stand nearby and make eye contact. You can also get a sense of just from their body language, like, are they really engrossed in this conversation? Does this look like a really important conversation? Okay, I'm just going to go talk to some other people and come back. You know, or I might just gently say, oh, excuse me, just if you've got time before the end of the night, I'd love to connect with you for a minute. That's probably not so great to do with a stranger unless they kind of know who you are. There's a lot of events you might go to where you kind of have a sense of who people are. You might know of each other. Um, but yeah, it's, it's okay to like be nearby, let them see you, but don't hover if they look like, no, they're focused on the person that they're with. 
on the other side of that, if you are in a small group, you're talking to people and you see someone hovering nearby, you know, just sometimes it's just a little shift of the shoulders, just step back a little bit and invite someone into your space. Because there's nothing worse than like seeing a circle of like four or five people or three people and you, you want to walk over, but the shoulders are all turned away from you. And it's like, there's no kind of gap to step in, you know, but if you can make that an open space so that you're showing like while you're present with the people with you you're demonstrating just by your posture by stepping back a little bit to make room there is room for somebody else to join this conversation and not everybody's going to do that some people will just turn their back on you and you go okay never mind but sometimes I'll see a circle of people and I'll just kind of scan them like who's the friendly face you know who is willing to make eye contact because there's often one in the group who will say oh come over come and meet you know all these people it's about body language right like if it's if it looks like they're okay with someone coming in then you can you can tell with the body language of that group right and going back to like letting go of the anxiety <laughs> you might have to like you might have realized that it's kind of followed you in but if you're not managing that if you're not letting that go then you're not going to be reading body language very well because you're caught up in your head about how are you appearing and are they shutting you out and taking it personally you know so that's why it's so important that we shift our focus to you know serving contributing connecting inspiring learning and just yeah doing that anxiety the flick <laughs> whenever you need to all right and, and another scenario when it comes to going to somewhere that you're uncomfortable is working a new job and you don't know anybody there except the hiring manager and maybe a couple uh, team members that were part of your interview process so you feel a bit out of alignment because you're not familiar with the territory and there's a whole bunch of new people you haven't seen before. Yeah, how would you fit in into that culture so you don't feel awkward your first few weeks there? I think it's important to note that your brain could be in total overwhelm. You could be feeling like, I, I can't take all this in. Do I have to meet all these people? You know, so be kind to yourself and maybe just ask one of the people that you know, you know, is there anyone in particular that you think I should meet tonight? You know, I'm looking forward to getting to know everybody, but obviously I can't do that all at once. But is there anyone in particular? Because like one or two meaningful conversations is so much better for your integration into the team than lots of quick hellos that are just nervous and you don't really make a connection with anyone. So yeah, give yourself a break. It's okay to just go and, you know, stand next to the drinks, get a drink, stand there and just breathe and take it all in. And, uh, you know, somebody will probably come over and say, Oh, hey, how are you settling in? <laughs> are, you, are you the new person? But yeah, we need those moments because when our brain goes into overwhelm, it's just, it's natural. It's what it does. So take a breath. Yeah. And just connect one-on-one and let it take time. Again, <laughs> you know, let go of that rush that we talked about at the beginning of our conversation. Our world is so pushing us forward. There's, you know, always so much to learn and so many people to connect with. And if you're in the zone and you're loving it, that's awesome. But if you're feeling overwhelmed, just give yourself a break. Take some breath. Yeah, the common theme that is in the, our discussion is the the rushing to something. For I, like, we, we always seem to want to rush, like rush to fit in, uh, rush to get a yes from this person so we can have a networking chat, rush to meet this person. It's always rush, 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 right? But I think it's about, like you said, like, about enjoying the process and like enjoying the conversation and being present and when you think of it that way, a lot of the anxiety tends to disappear. Yeah, yeah. And just to know that our brain's just doing its thing. That's natural because it's, it's kind of screaming at you going, if you don't fit in now, you're going to lose your job. <laughs> and we just need to go, thank you for caring about me, but you can just sit over there in the corner. Thank you, anxiety. 
but uh, I'm choosing to go in with calm and curiosity and focus. Yeah. Or whatever, whatever the words are that light you up, that, that lift you, that have you in a good place to connect. Uh, absolutely. And like through, you, you've written a few books, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and you, you've done this for a while. So what are some lessons that you can provide someone that either is like in a new city or a new workplace or wants to get out there and just build a bigger network for themselves to grow their career? What are some like advice or main lessons that you want people to take away from our conversation today? Going back to my second book, which is actually about entrepreneurship in regional Australia. It's called Lifting the Lid on Quiet Achievers. And it's success stories of regional entrepreneurs because I wanted to say to people, you can build the life and business you want in the location you want. It doesn't matter how remote you are. It doesn't matter how young you are or how old you are. I interviewed people from like all different ages and different locations and some pretty remote locations in Australia. And we, we often think that something is too hard. If we think that something is hard or too hard, we put it in a too hard basket. Our brain just switches off. But it's about, you know, developing our solution-focused thinking. So when something feels hard, we can go, okay, so how could I do this? Asking how and looking, that sort of sets our brain into a, into a mode of looking for how can we. Whereas, you know, if we just go, I can't, your brain switches off. Like there goes your creativity. And <laughs> so just, just being open to explore, to go, how could I do this? And who else? Like, who do I know? Um, you know, what else is possible? So questions that unlock solutions, ideas, uh, moving forward. So again, pen and paper can be your best friend. You know, just get your ideas on paper and maybe get your conversation with, with yourself on paper and have a look at what are you saying about yourself? If you're not backing yourself, you're not believing yourself, then, you know, other people are not going to. So starting to look at what am I good at? Because the things that you're good at often are invisible to you. It's just, you know, like if you are brilliant with numbers or with technology, you're just doing your thing. But somebody else is standing on the sideline going, wow, how do you do that so fast? I love how you think. So just starting to list down all the things that people have commented on, whether it's just a a throwaway comment like, you know, oh, man, you're so good at numbers or, you know, we should get Max to do this because, you know, he can work those things out really quickly. Start noticing, writing down your strengths and getting comfortable with them. Because when I ask people like, you know, could you just list all the things that you don't like about yourself or list your weaknesses? They're just like, they're writing. It's like easy to fill that page. <laughs> but we look, look at what are your strengths? What are you acknowledged for? And then we get all awkward. Like, oh, are we allowed to? I mean, I don't know about Canada, not so much in the US as there is in Australia. You know, so countries are different, but Australians really struggle with owning their strengths and going, you know, I'm actually really good at connecting with people. I'm actually really good at just doing the numbers or whatever it is. Because when you are realizing your strengths, realizing what you can contribute to a conversation or to a company, then you can go in with a lot more confidence because you just go in being you and seeing where do you fit, not trying to fit somebody else's mold, but just where can I bring my strengths and and skills. Yeah, that's very helpful. And going back to what you said about like your strengths tend to be invisible to you and not to others. For example, like just starting a podcast, you'll that have never started a podcast before say, oh, that's, that seems very difficult to start, right? But then like once you've been doing for a while, like, it's, it's natural. You don't think it's as difficult. But it, it goes out to perception, right? Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes we're scared of new things. But if we can shift that, that hesitation to anticipation and go, what if we just 
see this as a game? What if we just explore this? What if we see it as an adventure rather than, you know, a new challenge that, you know, maybe the word challenge kind of weighs you down a bit, <laughs> you know, for other people that might be energizing, but yeah, to, to see it as an adventure and to not have, you don't have to have it all together. Nobody does. <laughs> so again, don't compare yourself. I might've mentioned that at the beginning of the conversation, but comparing yourself to others is such a trap. But if you can look at where you were at like five or 10 years ago, it's amazing how far you've come. It's amazing what you're doing. And so you can encourage yourself that way. And taking notice of when people acknowledge you for things because, yeah, like we said, it's invisible to you. But there can be so much learning in that. If you start observing, people really appreciate this thing that I do that I just thought everybody did. I just thought it was kind of boring. But if that really helped, maybe I need to do more of that. And so you start stepping out with more confidence to, to do more things and to do what really has you in your zone. Absolutely. I really enjoyed our conversation and I want to end this podcast with a question for you. So my podcast, as you know, is about helping professionals overcome common career challenges to get their career to the next level. So throughout your career, what has been the biggest obstacle that you faced and what did you take in terms of steps to implement to resolve that challenge to get to where you are today? <laughs> Great question. And I think it would have to be the uh, lack of confidence and and people don't see that because my Do Talk to Strangers books are about connecting with confidence. But yeah, we write the books that we need. I think it's very easy to blame circumstances. And sometimes we get surveys from the government about like, what are all the challenges for small business? And, you know, there's the economy, it's all this. And, and I, I see those surveys and I think it's not really, you know, people can build an incredible business in a severe adversity if they you know, have the clarity and confidence to move forward. So yeah, my journey has been about actually believing the encouragement that people have sent my way, taking on the encouragement because we can say, oh, I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that. But when people are saying, Harry, you need to do this. You need to share about this more. You need to like get, get this message on stages or you need to be doing more podcasts or whatever. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Thank you. Yeah. Listening to the encouragers and getting yourself around encouragers really helps bring out the best in you so the biggest challenge I think is the conversation that we have in our head and that's really led me to yeah sharing the connect with confidence message and books and podcast but it's it's also the the mental fitness coaching that I do with people is helping people to be aware of the conversation in their head and manage it and build mental fitness and resilience so that you can walk into really daunting situations and go okay I've got this and that's, that's pretty powerful and exciting. There, there's, there's this boxing movie, right? And the, the trainer was talking to the fighter and they said that the biggest opponent is not any competitors, it's the person that's staring in the mirror at you, right? So you are your biggest competitor is like nobody else. Like you think, might think your competition or your colleagues might be competitors, but at the end of the day, you are your main obstacle. Oh, absolutely. It's the conversation in your head. So yeah, become aware of it and and start taking it in a more positive direction. Absolutely. Again, I appreciate you taking some time today, Carrie, to talk about how to be more comfortable with yourself and to have like enjoyable conversations with strangers to grow your network and your career. So how can people connect with you to learn more about what you do and how you can help them? <laughs> well, there's probably been lots of tips throughout the conversation. So send a personal note or connect publicly, but but say, hey, Max sent me, you know, I connected with you because I heard your conversation with Max. Because 
that gives you credibility instantly. It's like, oh, we've got like a friend in common now. <laughs> so find me on any of the socials, but let me know why you're showing up in my world and uh, I look forward to connecting with you. And there's my website's kerryphipps.com, but you'll find that in the socials. So find me wherever you are hanging out. Thank you, Mac. Appreciate the time, Kerry. Thank you. Thank you again to Kerry for coming on my podcast and sharing some advice and strategies on how to become more confident when it comes to connecting with new people. If you want to hear my own thoughts and insights based on the topic discussed in this week's episode, then make sure to check out Chancap this coming Friday, available on all popular podcast platforms. So make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out. If you are a professional that's looking to take your career to the next level, then come join my private Facebook group, Career Advice with Chan with a Plan. Inside this group, I post content on the job search and advice on helping you advance your career. I will leave a link in the show notes for you to join. Again, this is Chan with a Plan, the podcast. I'm your host, Max Chan, and I thank you for listening.